Audio. This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with Joseph Scrimshaw on Feral Audio. Not surprisingly, I am Joseph Scrimshaw. If you have a long list of ex-lovers, or you are a lonely Starbucks lover, you're going to be thrilled with this episode, because it features awesome comedian and podcaster Brian Cook sharing his appreciation of the musical powerhouse known as Taylor Swift. As always, you'll also hear our co-producer Sarah Meyer interviewing random human beings around Los Angeles and seeing how they feel about Taylor Swift. Do they know Taylor Swift? Do they love Taylor Swift? Do they think there is any such thing as too many breakup songs? On a multiple-choice quiz of what they would rather get down about, do they prefer A, the liars and dirty, dirty cheats of the world, or B, this sick beat? We'll find out. But before we celebrate the whole catalog of Tay-Tay, it's time to answer a listener-submitted question about their personal obsession. I throw out requests for obsessions like this on my Facebook and Twitter, so if you have an obsession that you would like addressed, follow me on all the social medias as at Joseph Scrimshaw. Tanya Sturm says, I'm obsessed with my Fitbit. Or maybe it's winning I'm obsessed with. I will get out of bed and run in place in the bathroom if a friend is beating me. I refuse to take any steps without it. Like the steps that are taken without it somehow don't even matter to my health. As a non-gamer, I am fascinated by how the whole exercise gaming thing is genius because it totally works. I think about any steps all day long. I thought it would fade, but four years and nearly 6,000 miles later, I am still obsessed. Tanya, it sounds like the central question is, are you obsessed with Fitbit or are you obsessed with winning? And I think the answer is both. You want to win at the game of being super healthy and not dying out of just sheer laziness, which is awesome. I am a gamer, and I have not been able to translate that obsession to exercise. If I had done, like, one push-up to match every piece of pottery I've broken in Legend of Zelda looking for arrows, I would be bulging with muscles. I would be able to shatter pottery with my abs and break arrows in half with my thighs. But I also think matching up our mind's obsession with gaming to healthy things, like moving our big weird meat bodies around, is great because it means we're accomplishing two things at once. Tanya mentioned that walking without her Fitbit seems like a waste of time, and that is really resonating for me right now because I just got back from performing in Las Vegas, and I walked a lot. Las Vegas is fascinating to me because it's like the word classy written in Comic Sans. It's like Disneyland with twice the cleavage and half the joy. Now, I walked miles up and down the strip and through casinos, and all I have to show for it are some pithy observations about Las Vegas, when I could have been racking up Fitbit points. I mean, that would have been a hell of a victory if I could have beat my friends at being healthy by walking through Caesar's Palace while a drunk 70-year-old man blows smoke in my face at 2 in the morning. I would love to claim that victory, but somehow I keep resisting trying Fitbit. The other thing I saw a lot of in Las Vegas was hoverboards. A lot of people just rolling along, and it occurred to me that hoverboards are the anti-Fitbit. And maybe that's what I need. A hoverboard that records all the miles I'm not walking, all the calories I'm not losing, and then reports those stats to my friends to shame me. That's what I need to kick me into a high exercising gear, a shame roller. 
You rolled 18 miles and shaved two more years off your life expectancy, Joseph. Would you like to share that with your friends on Twitter, you lazy monster? I think that would work very, very well for me. Uh, so anyway, thank you for the great question, Tanya. It made me reflect on Las Vegas and my own exercising failures. And huge congrats to you on having the healthiest obsession that I can think of, which is the obsession of trying not to die. And on that note, we'll move on to the most thrilling part of any podcast, The Plugs. Obsessed is made possible by your kind support on Patreon. If you'd like to help the podcast keep growing and coming out every week, you can sign up by visiting patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. Plus, you'll get access to our patron-only bonus episodes for just a buck a month. Shows! I do shows! I've got a bunch of shows coming up in Los Angeles, but the big one is called Headcanon. It's on Friday, April 1st at Nerdist Showroom. It's a new comedy game show about pop culture that I'm doing with my pal from The Thrilling Adventure Hour and the current season of The Venture Brothers, Mr. Hal Lublin. The show features special guests Will Wheaton, Jeremy Carter, audience prizes, laughter, smells, and other things you can only get from a live comedy experience. Tickets are available now on my website at josephscrimshaw.com slash live dash shows. But now, sit back. Relax, make yourself a drink, get out a picture of an ex who has done you wrong, and enjoy two adult men discussing the awesomeness that is Taylor Swift. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with a great comedian and podcaster, Brian Cook. Hello! Thank you for coming and doing this. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. Oh, yeah, of course. Just before we started, yeah. uh, I'm telling listeners, we uh, we were talking about your great, powerful man voice, ah. and you came right in with a nice, <laughs> powerful man voice. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, so can you tell people a little bit about who you are and what you do, all the podcasts and stand-up uh, and whatnot? Uh, stand-up comic, and I run a popular-ish podcast and live show called Competitive Erotic Fan Fiction, third Sundays at the Virgil in LA, and then I tour it all over the country, and... Uh, I have another show intermittently called Reunited that's uh, at the Hollywood Improv Lab that I oh, run cool. with Josh Androsky, which is essentially fake uh, f- uh, sitcom reunions of shows that only exist in our heads. Oh, nice. So everybody, is it just kind of like a group improv where everybody sort of makes up a yes. truth about the sitcom and builds we, on well, it? Well, we write, we actually, it's, we just started this a couple months ago. Uh, we write a ridiculous amount of in advance <laughs> and then try to guide it in certain directions but we don't tell anyone on stage anything about the show okay they don't know who their character was they don't know what the sitcom was they just walk out and we start asking them questions so we have graphics and we do table reads and it's wow. a, it's a lot of work and then it gets completely blown up sometimes because we they say whatever they want yeah and maybe they reference somebody that we have is dead later or yeah. whatever uh, so it's everyone kind of has to be on their toes and it's a lot of fun. And, do you uh, yes and that or do you well yeah. actually? That? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. You got, I mean, look, we're not improvisers, but of course, like you don't yeah. go, well, it says here on my sheet. Technically, <laughs> I wasted a lot of time in my life writing this. Come yeah. on, man. But it's it is uh, it's 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 uh, organized chaos and lots of fun. And the next one's April 8th at the Melrose Improv Lab. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And competitive erotic fan fiction is great show. Great podcast. Thanks, man. Uh, and it comes up here on Obsessed a lot because oh, really? you'll find out later. I asked people a dumb question about slash fiction toward the end of the podcast 
And they're always like, well, actually, I I did that for Brian Cook's podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So that's pretty cool. Uh, But you are here to talk about, I'm so excited about this, your obsession with Taylor Swift. I I mean, you're calling it an obsession. I didn't, just because that's the name of the podcast, I don't want to get painted into a corner. You're not going to go that far right away. I don't want to wind up on a goddamn watch list of some kind. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. But I I was going over my list of like uh, topics that I'd like to cover Mm -hmm. and also people that I'd like to have on the podcast. And then it was just this beautiful moment of connection where I had one list that said Taylor Swift and another that had Brian Cook. And I was like, wait oh, a minute. All right. Brian likes Taylor Swift. I've seen a, his tweets. A lot, I think, his tweets. <laughs> and your stand-up. Sure. Yeah, uh, I you mentioned, uh, yeah, you have some good Taylor Swift bits. So oh, I thought, thanks, okay. So, uh, do you, so you don't consider yourself fully obsessed. You just enjoy her music. Yeah, I think, I think to say you're obsessed with, uh, with somebody would be a level that I'm not, I don't, I don't know that I'm obsessed with anyone other than maybe like, I'd say there's three or four singers that I am obsessed with, and she's not one of them. Okay. I am a big fan. Okay. I love her music. <laughs> I don't have, like, everything she's ever recorded. I okay. don't... Um, you don't. Do you know her birth date? I have. I know, absolutely not. But I don't know anyone's birth date. Okay. I just I, know 1989 because of the album. But besides that... Sure. I, I don't know the I could have come up with that. <laughs> uh, like, I haven't seen her in concerts. Okay. I'm not spending $150 on a ticket. and that, Oh, God, that would have been on the low end when she did the... Uh, I tried to go. It sold out... Like week long run at the at the uh, at LA Live. Okay, and uh, it was oh god, they were absurd. They went to scalpers so quickly. How much were they at the scalpers? Like two fifty, three hundred. I okay. mean, for the low end tickets. Wow, that was insane. Yeah, that is a lot. And she did like six shows. Wow, in yeah. the, in, in the stadium too, right? Oh yeah, huge, huge, so huge. Th- so that was two hundred fifty dollars for a seat where you see like a tiny speck that looks right. a little like Taylor Swift. Well, it's one of these shows where you're watching a screen all night anyway. Yeah, which <laughs> is such a hard thing to reconcile when you do go to a concert. Yeah, like no matter who it is, you're probably not so close that you're really watching a person. You're watching a giant screen. Yeah, and it is kind of a drag. Yeah. And I get that it's not better to watch a, per- but I just, I mean, basically the solution is I almost never go to a show that big. Yeah. To me, it's like, is the, is the rest of the audience cool? Because if Ugh. you're getting that amazing experience of being right. there with everyone, right. then you're still getting a communal experience that you can't get in your home. Yeah. Like I saw a weird owl okay. uh, at uh, the Greek, right? The, out- the outdoor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that was great because the fans were really cool. Well, that's also such an amazing venue. Yes, because like, oh, I'm a little bored. Maybe I'll look at the trees. I mean, I never was bored, but right. I could have. Yeah. But well, then, you're not that far away. Yeah. Um, I've only been once, and I did not have, by any means, like, whiz-bang seats. Yeah. And it was fantastic. Like, it wasn't... It, it, we weren't in the lawn. Like, yeah. we still had physical seats. I'm okay. not a monster. <laughs> but it was not, you know, super close either. And it was... it was. Not, I've only been there once. It was last summer to see Wilco, and it was an amazing show. Uh, also, I can walk there from my house. Like it oh, takes a little awesome. while, yeah. but you yeah, know, you could too. You could totally walk. Yeah, I, you know, I think we did. Now <laughs> we people, did walk. Now people know uh, where we live. I mean, I stopped for dinner on the way. I broke <laughs> it up. But uh, yeah, the the whole like, I mean, I can't think of many acts. The last thing that I went to that was like a monstrous show was Prince. Okay, and there's not many people I would deal with going to a venue of that size yeah. to see. But you would for Taylor. Yeah. I mean, I think I would regret it. I think the whole time from the second I walk in the door <laughs> until the show starts, yeah. I would be in hell. Right. Because you're going to be surrounded by families and children and millennials and screeching maniacs. Right. And I'm a 38-year-old dipshit. Like, right. there's no way that's going to be fun. And other, other older uh, dudes who would probably look at you knowingly like, 
We just get a lot of bro nods across the room. Like, we get her, like, man. It's okay. These kids okay. think they do, but we, like, get her on a deeper level. We know the truth of these lyrics, <laughs> the pain behind them. Yes. These kids don't know yet. Oh, dude, absolutely. Uh, uh, so so what, what got you hooked? When did you say to your, when did you wake up in the morning and say, God damn it, I'm a Taylor Swift fan? I think like most people who, and not just with her, but with a lot of, of things that are not, uh, let's just say, not for you. Yeah. You know? Uh, because, let's face it, pop music is not written for me i mean it's i think it's ultimately written for anyone who's going to spend money on it of but course. i get what you mean of like it's i'm not the target to hook people at a certain age right yeah. yeah uh you know these days for sure and not that i think there's that much of a difference between um let's say mumford and sons and and any pop act on the right like it's all just being manufactured yeah. by somebody to make you feel a certain <laughs> way like that's really all all that shit is uh and it's just if if the way that it is being packaged appeals to you or not and that's pretty much it but the uh, I would say that, like most people, uh, that SNL sketch was brilliant, where they had the, uh, uh, what do they call it, uh, Swiftamine, okay. it was like the drug that you take when you get dizzy when you realize you like Taylor Swift. It's a brilliant, <laughs> brilliant sketch, and it, I, it was dead on, I think, for me and a lot of people, whereas like, for a long time, you're kind of like, nah, fuck that, of course this isn't, why would I want to listen to this? Yeah. And then you get something stuck in your head, and you go, oh, all right, maybe there is something to this, because it's not just, yeah. uh, it's not just like uh, having the happy birthday to you stuck in your head or something. Right. It's not a small world after all. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. Because you just got off of a a ride you shouldn't have been on anyway. Um, I, it was definitely around the red album, which is two albums ago. Um, you know, we are never getting back together, which is obviously a massive hit and very, very catchy, but I definitely had, had checked out like a couple of videos from prior to that. I'm actually really bad with album titles in general, but a couple of albums prior to that, I'd seen videos. Okay. And they're they're very like, okay, I get why teenage girls like get right in on these videos. Right. Because they're very narratively successful. Yes. That's either what you're going through or what you're thinking you're about to go through with dating and life. And not only lyrically, but the, the they're like little movies. They're and powerful. Like, like yeah, very well done. I am, obviously, I'm older too, and and watching them, I'm like pining for a youth that I didn't even do that in my youth, but it feels like I should have. Sure, nostalgia. <laughs> it's for like yeah, stuff it's that never non-existent happened. nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's but at the same time, I think f- for the most part, people can relate to some aspect. Yeah, of it, but it's not just her. That's every successful. <clears throat> every Motown song is the same. It's all right. just you know heartbreak and love songs, yeah. and that's all good basically all good music yeah you know yeah now your the stand-up bit that you did which i loved was comparing the beatles to mm. taylor swift yes and saying that taylor swift was better than the beatles yes in providing some lyrical evidence <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> look part of that bit is me just loving to open a bit with something that for the most part no one's gonna be on board with dig myself a hole yeah. and then try to get back out because that because you lead with hilarious Beatles are overrated right yes absolutely <laughs> uh and that elvis or that uh, uh uh taylor swift is better than the beatles and um it's empirical evidence like there, of course you can find <laughs> examples of taylor swift lyrics that are better than examples of Beatles, right. Beatles lyrics but the bit works and that's all i care about the you know the gist of it is but it, i do believe it like i honestly there's no part of me that has ever wanted to listen to the Beatles. Okay. And I own every Taylor, some tracks off of every Taylor Swift album. Okay. And they're in my phone right now. You Even the I mean? country, early country. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So they're in your phone and you don't have Beatles. 
I have zero Beatles songs. Okay. I've never owned a Beatles album. I've never, even as a kid, which is, that's when the Beatles, I think, get most people. Yeah. Is because uh, things like I Want to Hold Your Hand or, or you know, that 50s stuff that to me is just fucking insipid. I can't stand it. Yeah. I've never liked it. And then when they get into the, the stuff that everyone says you're supposed to check out, like the White Album and, and uh, Sgt. Pepper, I'm just like, these guys are fucking dorks. Yeah. I, mean, I can't. I, yeah. I loved it when I was a kid. Uh because when I was a teen, because it was artsy and sure. weird at the time that I needed to hear artsy and weird stuff. But and if I, I want, haven't listened to it a lot as an adult, yeah. I don't dislike them. Yeah. If I want artsy and weird, I'll listen to Frank Zappa. Like, I don't, okay. I'm not going to half ass my artsy and weird. <laughs> I will listen to one of the 30 Frank Zappa albums I own because it's the greatest. Nice. Uh, I mean, I, yes, I do truly believe that. I think that I'm dumbing it down for the sake of the bit, for right. sure. You're simplifying, right? Yeah. So, so it lands. But you did specifically quote a moving Taylor Swift lyric. Uh, and I'm trying to remember. call what... me up again just to break me like a promise, so casually cruel in the name of being honest. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it has a punch. And I, yeah. think, I think, to me, that's why the bit works so well, because it's funny yes. to start out with a really contrarian, eh, fuck the Beatles. <laughs> right. Uh, but then the fact that it, it seemed honest to you that right. that lyric affected you oh i think it's from my favorite uh it's from my favorite taylor swift song uh god i'm so bad with album and song titles i'll pull it up (laughs) okay but uh she does it on the grammys not this year but did it on the grammys two years ago okay and it's such an amazing example not just of of like her abilities but of like and this sounds so fucking over the top but like the power of songwriting because she she does this solo on piano Okay. And, you know, we're used to seeing, um, we're used to seeing, where the fuck is it? <laughs> we're used to seeing all these, like, huge performances on the Grammys and, like, mashups. Right. You know? And big old team-ups, like superheroes almost. Exactly. Everything has to be the Avengers on on, uh, <laughs> on the Grammy Awards now. I would love to see the actual Avengers play the Grammys. That would be the best. <laughs> but, the, and so, and, like, that exact, uh, that exact one, that year... They had just had like uh, Metallica, who are a joke. And look, I've seen them live, but they're a joke. Uh, they had just, All Too Well is the name of the song. They had just had Metallica play with this classical pianist named Lang Lang. Okay. Which is already, first of all, they've been trying to make classical music like, like see kids, it's like rock and roll. It's no yeah. different, which is this joke, the biggest fucking joke. Yeah, it's the inherent conundrum of metal music of like, it's death, it, we don't give a fuck. Right. Except for when it comes to our chord progressions. <laughs> yeah. They must be perfect. Yeah. And it's also just that whole, like, trying to, like, legitimize something to the man or whatever. I don't know yeah. what. Or trying to make classical music cool. I don't know which side they're coming from. Yeah, I think that I think there is that real musician. Yeah. Right? See, yeah. Because they already did the fucking classical album yeah. 10 years the ago. The S&M or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is absolute, utter garbage. Yeah. And anytime you do that, it sucks. The only time <laughs> it's ever good is if it's just, like, a solo performer with an orchestra behind them and it's already just music. that is Like, I've seen Elvis Costello with an orchestra. It works. Yeah. Uh, but when you're trying to make it like, this is metal and they're playing like riffs, uh, or, you know, Frank Zappa did a whole album, but he wrote an album for the London symphony. It wasn't like right. some dipshit adapting, please don't eat the yellow snow to having cellos in it, yeah. which is just stupid. <laughs> so they do all this crap on the Grammys. Right. And then Taylor, who we all know does huge, huge set pieces and, yeah. and crazy performances, which is, is awesome. But she comes out solo piano, sings a song. Nothing. Like, barely even any lights on her and just murders. It's so fucking good. Yeah. Everybody should check it out. Uh, but All it, Too Well? Is All that... Too Well, yeah. It's okay. an amazing song. And it's very, it's, again, it, like, kind of tells a story. Um, but the lyrics are incredibly well written. And it's it's not, it wasn't, I don't think, 
I don't think it was on the radio. Okay. I could be wrong, which was another interesting choice for the Grammy Awards to do yeah. a track that Just wasn't. Be like, I don't even need to sell a song because they're moving so I can. Which, of course, she doesn't. I mean, yeah. she sells all of yeah. the albums. Insanely, insanely popular. So with her, the the power of lyrics like that, and I assume other lyrics hit you sure. as well with that power. I feel like what she does a good job with and the other people who write with her is kind of the rules of, of stand-up in that they're 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 personal, they're honest. Sure. And they're very specific, and in being so specific, get to the universal. Oh, sure. Yeah. So do you think Taylor Swift would be good at stand-up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope she never tries, because she would go into it with the fake confidence of everybody who tries to transition into stand-up, but is already successful as an actor or a musician. Yeah. And then you'd have, like, just enough dipshits who were like, no, it was actually really good. Like, when, when uh, yeah. uh, what's-his-name did it five years ago or whatever. Uh, guitarist, your body is a wonderland. That piece of shit. Oh, I don't know. Who um, that is. um, oh man. Uh, he dated Katy Perry for a minute. Uh, very famous. He's now date, uh, touring with the Grateful Dead. The oh, okay. The Grateful Dead. Okay. Well, I'll Google him. Uh, yeah, I'm so good with names. Your audience is going to be <laughs> screaming at their. It's a Google dashboards. special. That's fine. It gives them something to do with their hands while they listen. Like, yeah, I'll just look it up right now. I can do two things at once. I was texting the whole time I drove here. <laughs> Uh, if she actually called you though and said, "Hey, I understand you're a fan of mine, uh-huh. and you've I'm got listening. a comedy show," John Mayer. Oh, John Mayer. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, the, the famous guy. Up a few years ago, John Mayer did stand up. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Okay, and it yeah, sucks. He's, yeah, because he has the famous relationship with her because he's the dear John guy, the guy uh, that also dated John Taylor has, Swift. Right. Yeah. Right. Totally. That, and then Wine, he's the, got the famous complaining that she wrote a song allegedly yes, about him. That's right. That because it made him feel bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which <laughs> sorry. Uh, if somebody wrote a song that you got to date like one of the most famous gorgeous creatures on the planet like you just take it you're just like yeah, yeah yeah that was me yeah sure, then, if that was me i'd be like call it dear john mayer like call it my whole name so people know it's me yeah i have done asshole things to good people and i think <laughs> sure. taylor swift is a good person and if i have the choice between just somebody texting their friends that i'm an asshole or writing a beautiful popular song right? that i'm an asshole yeah go for the amazing creative version Might of calling well. me an asshole <laughs> i would be much more I mean, we've all been that. there <laughs> so would you book her on your show oh absolutely she's yeah she's welcome anytime okay yeah. okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sing stand up uh, fucking dance read poems taylor if you're listening welcome to come out excellent uh, I was going to ask you if you could write a song for Taylor Swift. Oh, okay. What kind of subject matter would you want her to tackle? Because she's done a lot. What kind would I want her to tackle? Yeah, she came mm, to you and was like, I mean, you can write a song for me. I think, I, I, for the most part, unless it's something insane like Zappa keeps coming up, like the only good <laughs> songs are either about love or heartbreak. Like nothing else is actually worth right. giving a shit about, especially in pop music. Like what do they tackle politics? <laughs> Wanted to write a song about the Black Lives Matter movement. She could save the whales. <laughs> <laughs> what if she did? No, I mean, I, I don't think that. I mean, it would have to be such a specific thing uh, that. For anyone to write it. But I think your songs work because they are specific. Yeah. Um, Because they're not the generic. Like, I I like Katy Perry. I like a lot of pop. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of it is just so vague of like, oh, you broke my heart. You're mean. He wore a leather jacket. And like, oh, wow. Somebody with a leather jacket in Katy Perry song is a ton of detail. Sure. But Taylor Swift has a really specific nuanced little moments right you know, like like that lyric you like like that phone call happened sure yeah like that wasn't a, just a generic phone call oh and that's the, like a, that's you can tell itself. that's a specific phone call that song is full of incredibly specific stuff and it it still like works on such a visceral level even though it is like yeah. so clearly not like and just any relationship i love you and you don't love me anymore <laughs> uh but like i don't have that connection to almost any other like current pot like i cannot stand Katy perry and okay. a lot of people 
would not see the difference and I couldn't necessarily explain it to him. But I do think that's one thing that I may not have been able uh, to illustrate as eloquently as you did that I think she is very specific and then that is a big part of it. Uh, I would have just definitely said that her lyrics are way better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I like her voice better. Katy Perry is also, it's hard, you know, it's the whole thing of like separating the the art from the person and right. whatever. Katy Perry's just always annoyed me. Like the whole spectacle that she goes for or yeah. went for at least a few years ago. My friend Torres is her keyboard player, so I shouldn't complain too much. <laughs> I like I like her pop music just fine. I got a little turned off. This is like around 2011, I think, when both her and Lady Gaga were like the biggest things. Yeah. And there was a, I think it was a shitty CNN.com article about Katy Perry criticizing one of Lady Gaga's videos for being too sexy. <laughs> and then the article ended by saying, in Miss Perry's latest video, she shoots frosting out of her brassiere. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like, yeah. That's, that's that's a pretty sick burn, CNN.com. You, you did kind of nail her. The uh the whole v- last Friday night is like all, like her audience is 13-year-olds. And look, I'm not going to say that all of us uh, are aspiring to be looked up to by anybody. Yeah. But her audience is 13-year-old girls. And then she has a whole song about taking too many shots and blah, 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 and this and that. That's, ir- and I don't care, by the way. Yeah. I don't have kids. I don't care about anyone's kids. <laughs> Write a song about shooting heroin into your fucking dick, Katy Perry. I don't care. But if you're going to get on uh, somebody else's ass about something like that, then you better have your ducks in a fucking okay. row. You know? Okay. Would you want Taylor Swift to write about drugs? Would you want to have write her I mean, song as like syringe in the toes? Or I, I would. I'd rather that she was smarter than to try uh, okay. needle drugs. I hope that that's. <laughs> she seems like a good girl. I don't yeah. think that that's in the cards. Yeah, I think she is super smart. So, is there anything specific from your life if you had that opportunity to have Taylor Swift tell your specific tale? N- no, I don't think so. Yeah. No. That seems depressing. <laughs> I mean, enough. if I dated her and then, okay. you know, then it was like, like you were saying, like, well, wow, that's kind of that's kind of cool. Like someone writes a song about you, even if you're a piece okay. of crap. OK, yeah, yeah. Or like just like a song about just Brian. No. Uh, the Shake It Off lyric. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you in or it's not from Shake It Off. A it's, lyric? Uh, no, it's not the lyric. The, the uh, li- I think it's from uh, a blank space. The Do you interpret the lyric is got a long list of ex-lovers or all my lonely Starbucks lovers? It's got a long list of ex-lovers. Yeah. yeah. That's the actual lyric. Did you ever hear it as Starbucks when I you can, heard the song? Yes, I did. Absolutely. Okay. And it took me several times to discern what it was before that, for some reason, was like an article in the Huffington Post or whatever, <laughs> yes. which this is the world we're living in now. We just have to accept it. But yeah, that was uh, it is a very and I did. There were some interesting quotes from a scientist about how your brain tries to turn things into things you hear a yeah. lot, like because that's how listening to somebody who's yeah. not you talk works. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I, I, I didn't. I, I definitely didn't think she was writing Starbucks into one of her songs. <laughs> She's not that that commercial. Uh, yeah, I, it was a, a, like a relief for me when I realized that other people heard it that way right because i thought it was maybe like a actual age disconnect thing sure and when i learned like oh young people here starbucks lovers as well right i was like oh, okay it's not me i tried to make it star-crossed lovers i tried to make it so many things to make sense out of it and then it just clicked once and now i don't hear it that it doesn't i don't hear starbucks anymore yeah like it's i can't hear starbucks anymore now that i know the correct one yeah which is kind of sad to me <laughs> it was more fun wasn't it yeah i want a go simpler back to time <laughs> the innocent starbucks lovers days yeah yeah oh uh, uh are you a fan of her songs 15 and 22? Do you like those? I hate both of those songs. <laughs> I hate both of those songs a great deal. Okay, tell me about that. Um 15 is just I like I couldn't relate to it less. Right. Uh it's very drippy and a little bit 
as much as we were just talking about how, yeah, our songs sometimes tell a story. and That one's like, so, and then you meet a girl named Abby and she becomes your best friend and all that shit. That's just <laughs> so specific. Yeah. Uh, and I just, there's not like a good hook. I just don't think it's a particularly well-written song. It's one song. of her more twangy country-ish songs, Which, that doesn't bother me. Okay. Like, I love Mean. I love... Um, uh, all that like love story and uh, um, um, uh, again, I'm really our song. Good I think is one of the big ones. Our song I do not like at all. That one <laughs> she gets a lot of crap for the early years, and it's legitimate for like putting on a twangy country accent. Yeah, but she was a 15 year old in a studio with a producer trying to sell records. Like yeah. I don't care. Yeah, I just don't think it's a particularly good song anyway. And now why do you picture to burn? Like that's another yeah. one from that. It's it's a uh, it's a little bit questionable. But then like. That was her first album. So Fearless, I believe, is the second album. That has 15 on it, which is terrible. But then Love Story is fantastic. You Belong With Me is a great song. That is amazing. Um, and why do you why do you dislike 22? Uh, 22 is just, it's just so dipshitty. It's just <laughs> such a like, first of all, I hate a 22-year-old. <laughs> uh, there's a specific lyric where it's like, tonight's a great night to dress up like hipsters, which is yeah. insane to say out loud. You know what we should do tonight? <laughs> Dress up like hipsters. Yeah, let's go down to the costume shop. <laughs> right, which is literally what people are doing. Yeah. I mean, it, like she hit the nail on the head. That's yeah. 100% like, oh, look how that asshole is dressed. I'm going to put on those clothes. Which, sure, at the end of the day, that's what we're all doing. But it's such a specific, like, yeah. I've had this conversation with a lot of people that there used to be this thing where there were like hipsters and mall chicks. And they're the same fucking person Yeah, now. That yeah. is 100% the same person. Yeah, I think the aesthetic of hipster has become separate from the attitude sure. and i think a lot of times people are making fun of people for like flannel and glasses and right and, and weird twisty mustaches right because we attach the aesthetic to the you're not cool unless you happen to know about it pbr all those stereotypes of sure sort of in excluding attitude right but now i think yeah that's just how people dress yeah a lot and it's it's a, i think it's more about just an age than it is about uh, well there's a lot of people trying to cling to that Trying to cling to that look. Yeah. Past the point where they should have. <laughs> and it's different for dudes and not in a better or worse way. Like, guys, I don't think it has changed quite as much. Whereas, like, uh, the the look that you would, if somebody says hipster chick, that yeah. look has definitely changed in the last few years. Yeah. Whereas a dude, it's still the same dipshit. Yeah. Uh, whereas I think for girls, it's it's a more of, like, the, the mom jeans and less Betty Page bangs, <laughs> yeah. you know, a few yeah. years ago. It's a stupid term. I mean, let's go in paper as saying, right, like hipster is a dumb thing to call anybody because uh, yeah, it means nothing. Yeah, and that's the fascinating thing about 22. I, I don't know how old that song is. I think four or five years uh, at so this point. Now it's like five-ish. Yeah. Five-ish years. Yeah. So to use a term like hipster, it, it's it's frozen in the moment of yep. like hipster already means something different than it did right. five years ago, which I suppose is a good way to reflect that you're 22. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm going to use things that are going to be... Totally outdated. Yeah. In seconds. Absolutely seconds. It's, uh, it's, yeah, that's not a good bug in Amber. Yeah. Moment. So if she follows suit and keeps making songs about her age, would you like that? Oh, if there's a 38. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I can't <laughs> wait for 38. What would you like? What, what would you want 38 to be like? Would you uh, want her to have like sort of accepted some of the hardships of life? I mean, let's face it. She'll probably be divorced by then. Right. Like that's not even a dig on Taylor Swift. <laughs> that's just human beings. That's just life. That's for the just, most part. Yeah. 38 year olds are divorced. Even, yeah. Non incredibly successful, talented, right. busy people get divorced. Absolutely. Uh, all so the time. when you're trying to be as ambitious and successful as she is. Yeah. And then marrying somebody else who's like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you think 38 is going to be about the first divorce? Um, 30. Let's see. She's like 27 now. I mean, she could easily get two in by then. 
It's Hollywood, man. Crank <laughs> through them. It's kind of amazing that she hasn't been at least engaged just from a Hollywood like yeah. most people by the time they've been in the limelight for this long. Yeah. They've just like paired off with somebody that you your publicist introduced you to at a party. Right. Well, and she's got well, she's got uh, she's clearly into dating. Right. And in, in, in not in, in a generic way, in like the actual definition of dating of like we Seeing casually go people. out for a while. Right. Yeah. And sure. then we break up or whatever. And maybe I write a song about it. Maybe I don't. <laughs> right. Maybe now I write songs that are meta about writing too many songs about oh, yeah. breakups. For sure. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. It's shocking to find out how many times so many people have been divorced. Yeah. Like in that. In like I think Chad Smith has been married four times. Yeah. Uh, Elvis Costello is his third wife. Like the, Really? Oh, yeah. Tons. I mean, yeah. half the time they get one right when they get kind of big. It's like around 20, 21. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, hopefully by the time they're 40, 50, they've settled on somebody who's actually going to make them happy. Right. Usually like that first, just, oh, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm drunk the whole time. Not even right. sober. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then there's like, the, okay, I figured it out. Whoops. Nope. <laughs> right. And then the other right. one's like, I just need a motherfucker to watch Netflix with. No drama. <laughs> yeah. No bullshit. Yeah. I can make this one work. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so you think... 38 will be before she finds her, what I will call, Netflix spouse. Yeah, I'd say probably. We're looking at second at that point. Is it still upbeat and poppy at 38? Uh, Oh, God, I hope not. And I think that (laughs) she's been very good about sort of... People talk about artists who can grow with their fans. Yeah. Um, I don't think she's going to be the... Madonna, whoever I I love when people say that Madonna's reinvented herself ever because she changed her fucking clothes and that's it. <laughs> She's had the same garbage pop music for her entire career. I can't listen to a single one of her songs, and it's never been like it's just been like oh, okay, you had a slightly different producer who put some crazy EDM beats into <laughs> yeah. something instead of the dumb garbage it was before. Uh, but I would be very surprised if uh, if she didn't do a good job of sort of negotiating like yet another transition into uh, sort of songwriter status. Yeah. It seems like she's done a really, really good job of being yeah. aware, like shockingly from a young age, being really cognizant of I want to write about the experiences that I have at this age. Yeah. And of course, I'll have different experiences. Uh, yeah. And hopefully all of the just sort of pride in just being loud and proud and being yourself. Right. Will continue to translate into like, yeah, I'm getting older. Who cares? Right. I'll write a song about how awesome that is. Unless she's doing crazy shit, she's not going to need the money. Yeah. You know, she should be set for life by all. Yeah. So she can just follow her artistic bliss. Do you think she has too many songs about breakups? Is that a fair? No, I that's like I literally can't get enough of that. (laughs) I can't like that's the only thing I really like listening to songs about. Like all the best Elvis Costello songs are about breakups. All the best Afghan Whig songs, like the angriest songs about breakups. Like those are two of my other favorite bands. Like unless it's, you know, crazy shit like Zappa or, um, you know, stuff where I don't even I don't know what the fuck a Faith No More song is about. You know, I'm a huge <laughs> fan. I don't know what one of their songs is about. Like, I think I only know one of their songs. <laughs> <laughs> it goes into a realm where it's just like I have no idea what this is about and I don't care yeah. anymore. It's yeah. just fun. It's just, yeah, it's just bouncing along music. Yeah. Uh, so you'd be happy if her next album was just Break Em Up. Literally every Swift. album for the rest of her life. I don't, yeah, I literally do <laughs> like not care. Each year could be, this is what it's like to break up you know, at break 28. Up this is what it's the, like to break up at 29. Or the I Like You and You Don't Like Me, you know, not technically a breakup song, but yeah. you know, unrequited love. Yeah, and I think that that would be interesting to to have her keep going in that direction because that is yeah. that really universal and powerful. Yeah. That I think draws people to her. We all know what that's like. Even sure. It's not relationship. It's just life. And all, you know, all the best, that's what all the best songs are about. All yeah. the Motown songs. Yeah. That's all, that's all everything is. Yeah. Uh, 
like, like you know, it's not going to like, do I want to hear an, an album full of 15s and 22s? Absolutely not. <laughs> or uh, I don't know. I mean, Shake It Off is a great song. Yeah, you like a, Shake a It Off, right? rare exception. It certainly isn't because there's some like great lyrical quality to it. Well, so I feel like Shake It Off, you were saying like most great music is about breakups. Yeah. Like that's the only thing. And Bre- I feel you like know, breakups, unrequited love, something in that. Something in the heartbreak songs range. Well done. Yeah. I feel like Shake It Off is almost finding a new territory in that it's the uh, an anthem sure but it's a specific anthem she's addressing her public image it's yeah and you know the haters gonna hate it's a it's about being hated so i feel like most anthems are just like yay we're great or like Katy perry i'm gonna roar like (laughs) which and i like that song i'll make fun of it but i do like it but implicit in shake it off is Right. I have something to shake off. Sure. Because I'm surrounded by people who fucking Constantly. hate me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, can we, it's, it, I, I, the only other song I can think of in that realm would be um, uh, Jay-Z's uh, Brush Your Shoulders Off or whatever it's called. Yeah. It's a very, thematically a very similar. Right. Also a great song. I do think she's a good singer. A lot of people talk shit. I like her voice a lot. So uh, fuck off. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a sucker for a horn section. There's a dope horn section on that. Uh, baritone saxophone is like one of the greatest instruments. Uh, the beat is cool. Um, I do not like the little breakdown where she talks. I don't like the cheerleading part. That's a bummer. But it's such a well-written. The rest of it's so fucking like, right. catchy and, and perfect. So you like getting down to the sick beat, but you don't like it when she actually I don't instructs need to you it. to get yeah. down to the sick beat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. I don't like when she references that. It's funny, too, because my friend Marcelo that I used to play in bands with uh, back in Seattle, we we had this joke. It was He brought it up one time. About how every song, this was over a decade ago, like every song was becoming a cheer. Like there was a minute where songs weren't songs anymore. Like, right. <laughs> like the the era of Black Eyed Peas with Fergie. Like yeah. those aren't songs. They're chants. And right. not hip hop. Hip hop isn't a chant. Yeah. These terrible pop songs that were in the middle, but there were some, My Humps, for example. Yes. She's not rapping. She's doing it's cheerleading without fucking pom-poms it's like a little bit of call and response right call and, and response is one thing if it's like an element to a song because sure that goes way back to yeah. r&b and obviously before that uh but when the when like the song is just like da 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 it's like a nursery rhyme and not and there's songs that are that are simple that are still not that Right, it's almost as simple as like the happy birthday song where right. you know you could sing my humps for happy right. birthday. <laughs> a a baby <laughs> birthday parties. could have written my humps. So that's what you you don't like it because it's so simple uh, and you feel like maybe that it, it's so simple because they want you to be able to sing along. Oh, for sure. So it's but super it crosses cheap. a line into like banality at that point okay. to me. Okay. Uh, and if you disagree it's cuz I'm smarter than you. Uh, <laughs> whereas I think that that skirted that line very nicely other than that stupid chunk in the middle okay is yeah that drives me crazy but you like the song overall great song yeah yeah fantastic great video like that was another that's another uh sort of along the same lines of like her addressing the inside joke of that video is that she never dances yeah she's there's not one video with a dance routine that she's involved in and i don't know if it's because she's a shitty dancer or if she just doesn't think that every pop star needs to also be a fucking choreographed dancer on stage which i agree with yeah but i loved that joke of like Casting all these professionals and then her sucking at it at yeah. the same time, I thought was a brilliant, clever way to do She's a got fun video. Great comic timing. Yes. Uh, in that video. Yes. Like, and amazing. the first time she hosted SNL. Oh, yeah, Some yeah. Very funny sketches. Yeah, I, and I didn't see it, but I have heard rave reviews. Yeah, there's uh, a few. Maybe it was the second. I, I think I've only seen one of them, but they do a spoof of uh, 
of uh, Twilight, but with Frankenstein's. And it's, it's dead. I mean, it's perfect. It's pre-taped, which is the only good thing on SNL yeah. anyway. And it's just dead on. It's it's so goddamn funny. But she was uh, she's very charming and funny in that episode. Cool. So you mentioned you played in a band. What do you play? I played in a bunch of bands. I have a music degree. I uh, oh, I wow. studied classical music in college. I'm a percussionist by by uh, degree. Okay. And then. Um, the last band that I was in, I played keys and sang, but that was that was in Seattle. That was like six years ago, okay, or more, closer to seven. So when you say percussionist, mm. you you mean much broader than drummer, right? Because yeah. you're coming from like an orchestra background where you can do everything. Well, I did. I was a drummer from the time that I was a little kid, and then when I went to college, I didn't study playing in a rock band because that's fucking stupid and nobody should go to Berkeley. <laughs> um, I got a classical degree, basically classical percussion performance degree. Um, so yeah, that stuff. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely so, no call for it in the real world. <laughs> None whatsoever. If you were at a Taylor Swift concert mm-hmm, and she's mm-hmm. like, come up here and, and play cowbell or a woodblock, would, sure, you, would you jump sure. up and do it? Yeah, I'm up there. Yeah. I'm up there. I'm on it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Her first drummer was really good. I don't think she has the same band since... 1989 came out. I'm not 100% sure that that's true. But the dude that played with her from the oldest stuff that I've seen live clips of through uh, Red Tour is fucking great. That dude's outstanding. I don't know if he's a studio guy or what his background is, but he's really good. Cool, cool. I'll have to check that out. I, I am a crappy drummer. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. I did not go to any school. I just had a really crappy high school okay. rock band. Sure. And then briefly, very briefly in college. Okay. Yeah. And then nice. I was like, no, I, I think I'll do theater instead. <laughs> 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 it worked out okay. Uh so I always research my subjects on Wikipedia and see if there's anything interesting there. Uh, I was reading on Wikipedia that she has secret sessions where she invites fans to her various homes. Oh, wow. And gets them to, like, listen to the album. And I think before it comes out. Oh, I've seen I, – I saw at least one clip. I guess it wasn't listening to the album. I guess she was playing just solo acoustic. And I don't know where it was from. Maybe oh, it was maybe shot it was in her songs. house. Yeah. Uh, but it was clearly just, like, 40 fans in a room and her doing – um, and I don't remember if this was off of, I think this is from Red, uh, two albums ago. But yeah, I've seen little clips of things like that anyway, which were definitely not a bunch of music industry fuckheads. It was definitely like <laughs> the kids that kids. love her music. So demographics, it was mostly younger people. Oh, for sure. So if she invited you to her home? The answer to all these questions is yes. Like, I don't, I don't know how many more of these if Taylor Swift dot dot dot. But yeah, the answer is yes. I, I am I'm verging in. into Chris Farley uh, from old SNL. <laughs> yeah. If uh, she wanted to give you um, about, um, Caesar salad, <laughs> would you eat a, uh, I guess, I guess I think the bullshitty thing that I'm getting at through that question is how do you feel about the demographics of being a, a non-typical fan? Like if it was you, if Taylor Swift was straight up with you, he's like, Brian, mm-hmm. you've had me on your stand-up show. Sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be straight with you. Yep. I want you yep. and 27, 13-year-old girls to come to my house mm-hmm. and give me feedback. Would you be weirded out or I'm, would it be like, I don't care? Uh, I mean, I'm there. I would prefer to bring like an adult plus one, you yeah. know? <laughs> I'd prefer to bring, say, my girlfriend. So I'm like, hey, I'm not weird. <laughs> um, she would not want to be there. But... Uh, she's not invited. I changed my mind. Uh, but yeah, I mean, sure, I'm there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can pretend to be security, you know? Okay. <laughs> just stand in the back with an earpiece and, and just kind of nod my head as if, like, I mean, I'm not really liking this, but kind of. But inside, yeah. I'm just screaming like a 12-year-old girl yeah. myself. I think that's part of the reason that, that it latched onto my mind that you like Taylor Swift mm-hmm. is because at least your persona on Twitter and sometimes on stage is a little bit contrarian. Sure. And I think that's sometimes for effect and sometimes absolutely true, right? Um, I... Maybe on Twitter it's not true, but on stage it's true. Okay. Like there, there's, I'm sure there's been things I've just tossed off to try to get a rise out of people on Twitter, right? Because uh, it's just jokes I don't use on stage. Okay, <laughs> it's just, you know, just dumb short yeah. shit. It's just, uh, it's just playing with stuff. Yeah, but no, I think on stage, if you've seen me express an opinion, it's probably real. 
Okay. Okay. Maybe exaggerated. Yeah. But definitely like, or like, you know, a lot like the Beatles, Taylor Swift thing, like you can't prove a fucking opinion, you yeah. know, but I do believe it. I but would yeah, rather but listen that, to it. And that came across as 100% honest, which is yeah. why I think it was so funny because you're in the minority to say, eh, the Beatles suck. Sure. But it was so clearly honest. Uh, but I think that's why it popped in my head that you like Taylor Swift because you are on a bashed about it. Right. On Twitter. Right. For somebody who on Twitter usually says, this is stupid. Sure. Uh, right. Then you're like, but, well, but you I'm know it's awesome. I'm Taylor Swift. A man of multitudes. <laughs> uh, you know, people throw around the phrase guilty pleasures. Yeah. And I'm like, unless it's fucking child pornography, <laughs> which, yes, you are guilty. Yeah, it's a criminally guilty pleasure. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a stupid thing. Like, whatever you like, you shouldn't be ashamed of it. And that's insane that people, yeah. you know, and look, this is, I've done two podcasts that people have asked me to come on and talk about how much I love ska. I don't give a <laughs> fuck, dude. Like, I, there's no okay. part of me that's, like, worried someone's gonna, like, right. I love Huey Lewis. I love all kinds of things that people would regard as shit. That being said, uh, well, I berate somebody for having taste different than mine. Yeah, if I'm in the mood, sure. Just because it's fun, not because yeah. I actually care. Yeah, you uh, contain multitudes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that makes it's, well, that makes perfect sense. It's yeah, it's uh, you know, we all we all had those friends in high school, or like the freshman dorm is a, a reference I make on stage when I when I talk about Taylor. Like, you can't judge me. This is the freshman dorm. I don't care about your opinions because that yeah. was such a thing. I remember my, and that was when I think it wasn't even high school. I think it was. Uh, I think it was in college because that's when people that you haven't known your whole life uh, know anything about you. Yeah. Like, some shithead at school, unless you're wearing a Van Halen T-shirt, doesn't know that you like Van Halen in high school. Probably. Right. You're in your little silo in high school. Yeah. And you only hang out with your real friends and whatever. And then in college, like the guy next in the in the room next door hears you listening to the boss tones. He's like, oh, you like scuffed. <laughs> it's dumb. And that's when you start to realize, like, oh, there's idiots who care what other people think which yeah. is ins- or what other people like, which is uh, insane. Like, it's such a dumb thing to waste time on. But that's it's that age where, you know, freshmen, fresh, basically, I think sixth and seventh graders and 19 year olds are the same person. Yeah. If you go to college. That's that same, like, oh, I need everyone here to think I'm cool. <laughs> I remember guys being like, oh, it's all just four chord. And I was like, oh, name a chord. I'm a music major, you fucking moron. You think I don't know this is four chords? You think I give a shit? What do you listen to? Bach, doubtful, asshole, everything's four chords. Yeah, Sebastian Bach. Yeah. 251 exists, you piece of shit. And they just stare at you because they have absolutely no idea. They just heard somebody else say it. So you've got the, the background in music, uh, and, and that makes you feel like I'm going to, I've got no shame. An air of superiority, absolutely, all the time. Yes. <laughs> that was not where I was going. That's where but, I'm going. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I'll let you go there. Uh, so there's nothing unique about Taylor Swift in that you are willing to be out and loud and proud you're you're willing to be out and loud and proud about any any of your yeah, music I mean, or I other taste opinions you like sure I, I absolutely i mean that same bit if i don't know there's different versions of it okay it's gotten longer um but it's about it's part of a longer chunk that's about how i don't understand like fandom the way like star wars fandom mm-hmm. and well, I, you're, like, you're talking to the right guy and, I, and i've <laughs> seen like because you do or you don't Oh, yeah, I'm super deep into Star Wars. Super into it. Yeah. And I've seen all but the third prequel. Like, okay. I dropped off after the second one. I was like, ha, fool me twice. <laughs> I saw the new one, which, fine, whatever. Like, I had absolutely no opinion other than, eh, it was fine. Yeah, okay. Because I just don't, I don't really give a shit about yeah. movies for the most part. Or, like, if, like, I would get it if Star Wars changed your life to the point where you started writing science fiction films mm-hmm. or invented a lightsaber. Like, I, that, I, <laughs> like, Mel Brooks changed my life. 
Animal House changed my life. Uh, uh, you know, the years of SNL when I was in seventh grade or watching The State on MTV when I yeah. was 15 made me want to do comedy. But like that's that's the only way that I can attach to okay. something is if it's like speaks to a specific experience, I okay. think, or uh, or somehow like change the direction of the path of interesting of my life that makes sense to me yeah because uh i'm a huge star wars fan many many geek things i do a lot of comedy at conventions and stuff like okay. that and there's st- there's plenty about that i've talked about in the podcast which gets really weird sure um super friendly audience so just from a comedy perspective it's really nice because they're super friendly yeah that doesn't uh, surprise me but like for star wars I, I hadn't i don't really think about it that specific way but there are like uh, philosophies that have gotten right. into me and affected right. me. So I feel like it's that same kind of thing of like it has inspired me because actually the the first time that I played drums live in front of people was at school, like some sort of homecoming thing mm-hmm. in high school. Uh, simplest drum beat ever. It was another brick in the wall part two. Okay. Almost impossible to fuck up. But sure. I was so nervous. <laughs> and I thought about Yoda telling Luke about like... <laughs> You'll be able to do this when you're calm. I thought you were going to say it was like something from the Star Wars soundtrack. Okay, no, no, no. It's just another brick of the wall. It was right. just his whole lecture so just about like, you know. The like, Zen Buddhism that yeah, just, yeah. Lucas ripped off yeah. for his movie. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. So yeah. I guess if I had encountered real Zen Buddhism, you I would have been attributed to, to Yoda. You were 12. But yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. It's very boring. Yeah. They should have had lightsabers. I think the point is that it's boring. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. So it, it made, it, you know, it, it hooked me at those deep moments and when i felt melancholy i would right. think of luke staring at the twin sunset right you know so i think for me it, it's one of those things that it, it, it hooks you at the right time then it's powerful yes um and i'm obviously like this is from my experience of yeah. like i totally uh i get how it did affect people in not direct ways but I, yeah. like that's just i don't think how i work yeah i but, like the idea of like else. if you're gonna carry this media it should really impact something that you choose to do. Right. I like, I really like that. Sure. I, I, it's weird to me. I've been doing a lot of talking in like kind of YouTube media, just talking head about movies, shows, mm-hmm. and you know, it's hugely popular and super, people are super into it and whatever. But it is weird to me that we've had this shift where it's becoming a part of I, of your identity. Oh, where yeah, like yeah, yeah, bio yeah. isn't like, I went to this college. Fangirl. I'm a plumber. Like, no, yeah. I, I am a Star Trek guy. Yeah, that's thanks, Hardwick. who I am. Right. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm on this podcast network. I'm the one that's going to get in trouble with you. It's, uh, it's, I mean, it depresses me. And I get, like, I like sitting around and bullshitting about yeah. pop culture. Usually it's something that either I just saw or that is new on Netflix that week of, you know, some new Netflix Something in the or, cultural zeitgeist. Right. Like, yeah. I want to talk about what a piece of shit Master of None is, and it's brand new, and that's the time <laughs> to talk about it. But- the the like the conventions yeah. and the, that shit blows my mind like i'm not i don't understand that for anything yeah if there's not like i get going to a concert to watch music performed like that makes sense to me yeah but the idea of like just going to be around people that were involved or not even involved yeah and slapping on a costume and what it just blows the my mind the best conventions are like the most anal retentive organized party you've ever been to okay where it feels like a party like wow anything could happen sure but i know at exactly 2 p.m the second doctor will be you know <laughs> you know this is not the second doctor because he's long dead but uh but right. you know it's, it's like that so it has right. the good ones have that vibe of excitement but then that real safety of here are sure. when the events will happen and i think that that appeals to right 
to people who are because your moms are... have to know when to pick you up. <laughs> oh, boom, <laughs> boom! Such a cheap shot. Nailed, nailed us, <laughs> nailed all the geeks. Uh, the other Wikipedia thing I was going to ask you about: uh, there was a quote that said the New York Times believes that writing wrongs is Miss Swift's raison d'être. Writing wrongs? Yeah. So I did think... they spell that W R I T I N G? Because <laughs> she writes a lot about wrongs. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think what they were going for is the idea that. Uh, the breakup songs aren't necessarily about her personal pain, but like nece- the the idea of being done wrong by someone else, or like her stance on Spotify. They might have been talking about that playing all her music, and even even Shake It Off has a little bit of that. It's wrong that we're letting other people judge us. Sure, sure. So I think that's what Meme they're going. Is all about that. Um, yeah, I can see that with some songs. The relationship stuff. I mean, is it writing wrongs if you're not? To me, that sounds like you were the wrong one, like you fucked up in the relationship. Right. Which she does have some. Okay. Uh, uh, back to Back to December is all about how she blew it with a dude. And it's a fucking great song with amazing lyrics. Um, but I think most of them tend to be more like on the other side of it. Or okay. or neither. Or just the like, uh, this didn't work out. Yeah. If, uh, that, if that's true. Mm-hmm. If it's true that she has the power to basically just kind of be on a mission to fix a problem. Sure. Is there any problem that you would want her to try to address through music or would that just disgust you? <laughs> no. I mean, like, I, like, it doesn't, none of that matters to me. I get, like, it's, I like pop songs that are well written and it, it, it tends to be about one of three subjects. Yeah. You know, no, I don't, I don't think she should be taking on like the, the, uh, gross national debt or something <laughs> that doesn't seem like it's in yeah. her wheelhouse or mine. It could be another number based song. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> Four billion. Uh, let's let's pitch it to fifth. Funny or Die tomorrow. <laughs> Perfect. Have you heard of Taylor Swift? I've heard of her, but I don't follow her. I don't know anything about her. Uh, Taylor Swift is pretty cool. Yeah, my daughters always talk about her. Uh, they listen to her songs all the time. Have you ever heard of Taylor Swift? Yes, I have. Are you a fan? Um, a few songs, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite song? Twenty-two. Yes, of course. I love her music. What's your favorite Taylor Swift song? Um, probably Bad Blood. Do boys only like love when it's torture? No, boys don't want to be tortured. Why would we want to be tortured? If you were going to write a song about your worst breakup, what would it be called? Being 19 in Phoenix. <laughs> Never date a sorority girl. <laughs> I learned the first time and it won't happen a second time. Disaster. <laughs> what about you? Just lose my number. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Harsh. Well, my song would be called It's Our Last Night, Let's Do Everything. <laughs> Let's Get Ugly. And your dad just said that. What do you think about that? Disturbing. <laughs> if you were going to write a song about ignoring your haters, what would that be called? By haters. Stop hating. Fuck them if they can't take a joke. How about you? Leave me alone. Don't talk to me. Do you know the song Shake It Off? Could you sing a piece of it? No. <laughs> Just make it up. Shake it off, shake it off. I don't know. That's pretty much it. Can you you know what I'm talking about. Shake it off? Yeah. Uh, haters gonna hey, 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 hey. <laughs> the player's gonna hate, 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 hate And the haters gonna hate, 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 hate Baby, I'm just gonna shake, 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 shake Shake it off, shake it off 
We're going to move on to our how obsessed are you questions. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I know you have said that you don't technically consider yourself obsessed, but I ask these of everybody. So if all your answers are just fuck no, that's cool. All right. This is the obsessed test. Yeah. All right. Do you think about Taylor Swift every day? Yes, definitely. Now, do you are you thinking about her or are you is she actively in your playlist every Uh, day? Right now, I I wouldn't say that I listen to her literally every day, but I would say it's it's more often than not. Okay, yeah. So when you, so your mind just is wandering to Taylor Swift on a uh, near daily basis. I get her song stuck in my head. Okay, for sure. Uh, I also have bits about her, so that's a, that's you right. Know, so you're thinking that, about them; they're a part of you. You're doing right. them. Yeah. I I'm not like, what do you think Taylor Swift's doing? Like, I don't give a fuck who she's dating. I don't read articles unless right. it's like pertinent to the music industry. Like that whole thing with Apple Music and Spotify and all that, I thought was great. And she got a lot of shit for it because people are the fucking worst. And she was, you know, everyone's whole take was, uh, oh, well, she shouldn't complain because she has all the money in the world. She's the only one that can complain because she has she's all the, the only one selling albums. Literally, who else could have said, nope, you can't do this to Apple. And they would have said, OK, you're right. Yeah. Fucking not even Beyonce could have done that. Yeah. There's no way. Maybe if all of the comedians got together. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, no, not at all. Would you start a conversation with a random stranger about Taylor Swift? Oh, no, but that's, I wouldn't start a conversation with a random stranger. Just that's, no one. Oh, no God, one. please. If I could go my whole day without talking to anybody <laughs> I don't already know, that's a fucking victory. So that's like a really hard sell. So even if Absolutely. you're like super down and out and lonely and you saw another dude with a Taylor Swift t-shirt oh i and you don't talk to a guy in a taylor swift t-shirt <laughs> do not do that for sure anyone uh, okay. ever that's, that's a, good life advice that's really good life advice yeah would you get a taylor swift tattoo no but i don't like tattoos okay so you don't have any no do you like them on other people no okay <laughs> nice uh would you read or write slash fiction about taylor swift <laughs> that's your uh, question okay i mean having a show where i have to write a story every month uh she's been on the list um but I haven't found a good angle for it. Yeah. My stories are never very sexy, so it's not like I'm going to write a sincere, like, fuck story. Yeah. Um, on my show, I, I always read a story at the top, and I don't like to delve into a lot of specific sex stuff, usually because I don't want to, like, um, burn things for the rest of the performers. Right. Usually, and I've got, I started to figure this out, usually my angle is like, look how much I hate this thing. And then there's also <laughs> some sex in it. It's almost yeah. always what I end up going to. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't say it's out of the round of possibility, but it would ha- I haven't found the right angle yet to, to make... Uh, to fit her into right, something. you'd have to have the point of parody on Taylor herself, or something going on in, in Taylor's life, yeah, to make the slash fiction worth it, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah, or or just some angle that I think is funny enough to explore, and I just haven't. Uh, I don't usually write them about people that I like and respect. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I like about these questions is I just don't change them to make them subject appropriate or inappropriate because sure. normally it's like, oh, you like Transformers? Would you like to see them fuck? Ha ha ha! But then it's <laughs> right. like Taylor Swift, a beautiful, talented woman. Right? Would you like to write slash fiction about it? It's suddenly real creepy? But I yeah. don't care. <laughs> uh, would you break up with someone who didn't like Taylor Swift? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, I have a girlfriend and she's not into her at all. I don't think she's like uh, super adverse. Okay, but we're the same age and she's not like. Uh, uh, she does not understand why I do like Taylor Swift. Okay. But I don't like blast it around the house or make her watch videos or try, like I gave up trying to convince a girlfriend to like music she doesn't like in <laughs> fucking college. Okay, for sure. this is another life lesson. Yeah. Don't everyone, convince people to like music. Don't ever, I have, I have a bit about this. If you meet a girl and she doesn't like Elvis Costello tickets, you just saved half off Elvis Costello tickets. <laughs> like it's the perfect, I'll go to a concert alone. Are you kidding me? That's nice. fucking great. Get hammered in the back. Yeah. Yeah, it's the perfect yeah. Movies, concerts, love going home alone. Oh, I know the answer to this next one, but I'm going to ask it anyway. 
Would you cosplay as Taylor Swift at a convention? <laughs> no, no, I would not. No. So you wouldn't go to a convention? Dressed as Taylor Swift? Yeah. No, no. Would you go to a convention happen. at all just to, to try to figure it out? Or or do they weird you out too much? No, but it's, it's I just, no, there's just no way. I barely want to leave the house for anything. That's understandable. And definitely not to be around a crowd of people. Okay. That's... You know, like we were talking about with concerts, it, it takes so much for me to want to be around a whole bunch of people. Right. You need the experience to be worthwhile to, yeah. to make up for the, the horror of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's uh, it. And this is the final question for everyone. If you couldn't listen to Taylor Swift without you or someone you love first being punched in the crotch, <laughs> would you still listen to Taylor Swift? Um, I, I guess less frequently. I'd, <laughs> I'd make sure I was really going to like put the time in that day. Right. You know, really go through the catalog. Right. You'd set up your playlist. Yeah. But I've, you know, I'd, I'd say uh, there's worse things that have happened to me than being punched in the crotch. <laughs> and uh, and I think the, it, the if I weighed the risk and reward, it's uh, it's uh, it would happen. Yeah. OK. Definitely. OK. You definitely go on occasion. It. And you would take it yourself. You wouldn't try to punt it off on. Oh, I could. No, I couldn't punt it off on somebody okay. else. No, OK. That's, that's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're a stand up guy. <laughs> uh, can you make a noise to sum up your obsession? With Taylor Swift. I ask everybody to make a noise. To make a noise? Yeah, and sometimes it's real easy, and other times it's weird. Um, that wasn't it. <laughs> a noise to sum up my obsession with Taylor Swift. Oh, uh, uh, oh, oh. <laughs> I think that I think that's it. That's great. Yeah, oh, I'm surprised. Oh, but right. this is yeah. Holy shit! This yeah. is oh, my head's gonna that's pop off. It's not just for kids. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, I've been rating people's obsessions, so I think I'm gonna give you three out of seven sick beats. Okay, sick beats is the, the is a quantifying thing. I think three I think out of seven. Fair. Yeah, because yeah. I think uh, I think you're right that uh, you are super into it. Yeah, but you know you know why you like it. You like it for very rational reasons. It's sure. not like a deep mystery connected to your soul. Sure, but you you like what is good. Right, and you find your music good from a lot of different perspectives. Yeah, as a knowledgeable fan and student of music. Sure, I, I would agree with that. I also think there's that line between. Being like with, with music, for example, there's the line between like being obsessed with the music and being obsessed with like the person. Right. What's she doing? <laughs> and it's hard to you can't. I don't think you could completely disassociate. Yeah. Not that you don't ever hear a song, have no idea who it's by, and just love it right off the bat. But I think that there is something to like that. It's it's a familiarity of the person's voice. Is right. Part of it. Right. Or, uh, you know, because they're hot and you saw them in a video, that's probably going to tweak something in your yeah. brain. But at the same time, there's very attractive people who I can't listen to a fucking thing <laughs> that they ever sing. Yeah, but there's that power of not caring and knowing about the real person. Right. You, I mean, you, just, you still have a little bit of mystery, even though you have like this uh, it's not relationship. It's mystery. I just don't even like it's I don't give a shit. You yeah. Know, if she's dating John Mayer. I when I you know the the Spotify Beats thing or uh, Apple Music thing is like oh cool this person that I have supported financially yeah. by buying albums is cool and doing something right for the community and that feels good yeah and you know but for the most part like if people get in their high horses about that shit all the time with like whether it's you know somebody's personal life as an artist or and you know obviously Woody Allen's a different story but yeah. it's just like oh she seems like kind of a bitch or something like fucking <laughs> who cares. Who? care who has time to give a shit about that kind of thing yeah like like about art about music about anything like that like is she your roommate no fucking shut up yeah gives a shit assholes make great art all the time (laughs) all the time i was and and people who hate the art they're making make great art have you seen the wrecking crew documentary no it's on netflix it's about all these uh carol Kay and and uh hal blaine and um 
uh, George, uh, I think his name's George, um, a bunch of musicians that played on every hit record for a very long time. Okay. Seventies and, uh, I think it was seventies was the sweet spot, maybe late sixties into the seventies. Yeah. Like the beach boys, um, they, they were the beach boys, like other than the voices, okay. you know, like those dudes couldn't play their fucking instruments. Right. And they probably lives. did the real surfing too. And everything. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, they're on an insane number of albums and, and a lot of stuff that Carol King wrote and, uh, all kinds of shit. And there's interviews with him in this documentary, which took forever to make. Um, many of them are dead. I think they, uh, and one of them in particular, um, Leon Russell, they ask all of them, like, did you like these songs that you played on? And he's like, he was the most just like, no, it's a job. I clocked in, man. I did the work. They're yeah. all like frustrated jazz musicians okay. or country uh, artists or oh, who right. just wanted to be playing their own stuff. But instead they're playing on like a Sonny and Cher tune or whatever. And they don't give a fuck. And they knock it out of the park. Like, who cares about right. any of that shit? Oh, their passion. You don't know anything <laughs> about anyone's fucking passion. Maybe the singer. Yeah. But there's people in history, too, that you're like, oh, she hated that song. Even before she had to sing it 500 times a yeah. year, she hated, hated that song. First time she heard it. Yeah. Some producer talked her into it. Like, it's, you know, nobody knows. It's all nonsense. Well, speaking of passion, yeah. is there anything you want to plug uh, where people can find you on social media? Any shows coming up? Uh, Twitter is at Brian Cooking. That's Brian with a Y. Um, fan fiction is third Sundays at the Virgil in Los Angeles. And then every Thursday, I'm also at the Virgil with my stand-up show that I run with Eliza Skinner called Big Money. That's at 8 o'clock. It's free. Lineups are always great. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. In competitive erotic fan fiction is on Nerdist, right? Yeah, the you podcast. can find that every, uh, well, I say every week, every week that I have time to put it out. <laughs> um, it's on uh, Nerdist or iTunes. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. And these are the final questions in the podcast. They don't have anything to do with your obsession, but they can if you want. Okay. Which would you rather be able to shoot out of your hands? Okay. Birds or a Wi-Fi signal? Oh, Wi-Fi signal for sure. I mean, birds are a close second, though. <laughs> are they? Can you kill anything by shooting birds out of your hands? I guess you could. In video games, which is why it popped into my mind. Cause, oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. There's a video game where you can shoot birds out, and then they swarm people, and it's it's strangely satisfying. Oh, all right. Hold on. I'm rethinking <laughs> this whole thing, because Wi-Fi is almost everywhere. Well, Wi-Fi is practical, point. yeah. Yeah, birds. Birds, you, you convinced me. You're going to switch to birds? I'm going to switch to, I didn't for the murder. like a swarm. Or at least just like, just really fucking up someone's day. Yeah, <laughs> you would certainly scare someone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good answer. Do I get to pick the bird? Yeah, what kind of bird do you grackles. want? Grackles. Grackles? Yeah. Yeah, no, what are, what are grackles like? It's like a like? fucked up crow. <laughs> so are are they are there murders of grackles? Like I, there's I, murders of crows? Let's go with yes. Yeah, I will murder, shoot of a grackles. murder of grackles. <laughs> nice. Uh, if there was a theme park based on your life, mm. what would the rides be like? Oh man, uh, they'd it'd be just it'd be a, a small box, and you get inside it, and you close the door, and it doesn't move or go anywhere, <laughs> and no one else can get in it. Oh. It's just your own private box. Yep. in Brian Cookland. Yep. <laughs> nice. And the final question for everyone on the podcast is: What is happiness? Uh, what is happiness? Really? Wow. Easy question. <laughs> I know. Uh. Some combination of not having to worry about everything and also not caring w what everybody thinks. That's a great answer. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, man. This was fun. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Because the player's going to play, 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 play. And the haters gonna hate 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 baby i'm just gonna shake 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 it off shake it off